Hello and welcome to interview number three. This is GMAC with the big guy Winnie, and today's a big one, buddy. Today's huge. I've uh, been looking forward to this ever since um, our buddy Stroker Face, Stroker Face out in Ohio uh, hooked us up with this one. Uh, Tracy Tofty, uh, aka Tracy Wells, uh, who played Heather Owens on Mr. Belvedere. Which was in your top five TV it shows of the 80s. absolutely was. So you had a little crush there or something, maybe? Oh, yeah, she's definitely, definitely adorable. All right, so that, that's pretty cool. Uh, it's it's gonna be exciting. We're we're ready for it. I mean, uh, yeah, I spent uh, a lot of time prepping for this. In fact, I even was able to pull up one of her old movies on Amazon Prime and watch it. Nice. Was it the horror one? It was the mirror, horror mirror. One. Or something? Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I started watching it, it a little was bit. Really bad. Oh, it's a ho- It's you know. She the ho- says it's what she describes it. She's I think she said really like ten times before she said bad. Yeah, I mean it's that was the genre though. That's how it was. And she did make out with Mark Ruffalo in that movie. Oh, cool. So that that's some more stuff that we can add to when oh, we get ready to talk I, to her I, here in a little bit. I am bit. definitely keyed up. Uh, it's exciting. This is a big step from us. We step from local people. Now we're getting a national. This is a this is coast to coast. We've done it with Young Money Troy yep. to to Utah. Now we're going all the way to California. From yep, in from California from the beast so. coast to the best coast, right? So. Uh, yeah, we'll be speaking with her in just a couple minutes, so why don't we run the old Mr. Belvedere clip and get her warmed up. Awesome. Streaks on the china, never met it before. Who cares when you drop kicked your jacket as you came through the door? No one glares, but sometimes things get turned around and no one spared. Out below, there's a change in the status quo. Gonna need all the help that we can get. According to our new arrival, life is more than mere survival. We just might live a good life yet. All right, and here we are. Go ahead, Wayne. Good afternoon, Tracy. How are you today? Good. How are you? Outstanding. We've been looking forward to this all week, uh, ever since our buddy Kent uh, got us c- uh, connected. This has been uh, something we've been looking forward to do. Um, so just some background info on you. Uh, born out in California. You're a San Fernando Valley girl? I was born and raised in the San Fernando Valley, and now I live in Santa Clarita Valley, which isn't far. Okay. Are you on the diet? <laughs> isn't that a show? That is a show. <laughs> I didn't know that. I was told that last night. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, the big thing here is we had done a top five um, 80s TV shows uh, 
on our regular podcast a few weeks back, and I think my number one was Mr. Belvedere. And so when this opportunity came about, it was uh, absolutely awesome for me. Um, so you oh, started wow. it. Belvedere was number one? For my 80s TV shows, absolutely. It, it was uh, wow. that it was that close to, uh, it was that Perfect Strangers when we were one and two. Ah, <laughs> Yes, and Cousin Larry, who uh, ironically <laughs> lives about 40 minutes from where we are. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. My, uh, a friend of ours, his wife was actually a teacher, and uh, that's how we found out he was bringing his daughter to that school. I'm like, yo, that's Cousin Larry. No way. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. It's such a small world, right? I know, it's crazy. Um, so you started, you were 12 when you started with Mr. Belvedere? Yeah, I was 12 years old when I started, when we filmed the pilot. I actually celebrated my 12th birthday the week that we were filming. And what was it like, um, you know, going out for casting calls for that job? Because that, that wasn't your very first job. Just your first? No. Okay. It, it wasn't my first job, but it was definitely the biggest job that I had landed. Um, all I remember is I went in and read for the casting director, and he told me straight to my face, you're getting a call back. We're bringing you back. Oh, that's... I, you know, 12 years old, I'm like, okay. Like, I don't know. Like, you know. <laughs> right. I'm going to go and watch cartoons now, but sweet. <laughs> um, so that yeah. lasted until you were 18. Yeah, till I was 18 years old, and then um, the show ended. Yeah, it was just, it was a big adjustment after the show ended, just trying to get work um, because I was on the show for so long, and it was a little bit of a a double edged sword, I guess, because when you're an actor, you would love to get on a TV show or a pilot, rather, you know, get a pilot, and then what's even better is if a pilot gets picked up. And Belvedere got picked up, which means that the studios ordered a certain amount of episodes. And then our ratings did well, and they kept ordering another season. So, which is, you would think, a great thing. But if the show's not a huge hit, sometimes it can kind of be tough to get other jobs after that. And that kind of was, for me, it, was, it wasn't easy. I went on a lot of auditions. I got super close to a bunch of stuff. I did some jobs after Belvedere, not a whole lot. Um, it was just was tough after that, you know. Do you feel like yeah. you were typecast after that? Um, I, I don't know about typecast, maybe, but it was just kind of like the feedback I would get is, uh, Belvedere, no. What else you got? Wow. <laughs> wow. It, was, it wasn't like a, I know it's considered a fan favorite, Back in the day, so much had so so much was writing on how well the show did. Whereas fast forward today, it's about how many Instagram followers you have and how popular you are and what are you doing besides acting and what are your other special interests and it's yeah. a whole different ball game. Back uh, then we didn't have any of that. So it was solely based on of course your talent, don't get me wrong, but if you can't even get the audition to get in the door, that's half the battle, just getting in the door to get the audition. And it was just really tough to to get seen after Belvedere was done. Yeah, it, also, it almost seems like, like today it's like a, a cult favorite. Like it, it's something that yeah. it's got, it's the exactly. memories have grown we fonder. Did a, uh, we did a signing, like an autograph signing show right before COVID hit. 
I don't know when they're going to ever do one again. Um, we were supposed to do one on the East Coast in New Jersey, but the one we did was over here on the West Coast, and I was shocked at, like, how people were just <laughs> Good turnout. It was really cool. Good turnout for it? It was a good turnout for it? Oh, yeah. It was phenomenal turnout, and it was just like, you know, we're all looking at each other like, Really? After all these years? It just kind of blew us away. But it was so much fun. It was really great to talk to people and, of course, be back with some of the cast. So that was really cool. That is cool. Um, You know, it seemed like with every 80s sitcom, there was always, like, special episodes. Controversial, maybe. um, But always something that was, you know, current to present-day issues going on, like seeing out of drugs and stuff like that. I know Mr. Belvedere had the AIDS episode with okay. uh, Ben's friend, or I'm sorry, Wesley's friend, and then there was a date rape episode with your prom. Yep. And a drinking yep. episode with Kevin, where they made the pact that he 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 could drink, but he would have to call, and it kind of got out of hand. Um, what was it like on set when you guys are filming stuff with set with these sensitive topics? Um, I remember them mostly because the writers and the producers wanted to, you know, take special care of how they were portraying the story. It's a balancing act because we're a sitcom. We're not a dramatic show. So to try to make, get the message across and help people as well as make people laugh, um, you know, they took a lot of great care with it. I think we all enjoyed doing episodes like that because they were, you know, more memorable, um, you know, and always trying to help people is a good thing. I think you can, can, as an actor and actress, you could dig a little deeper into the emotional spectrum when you're dealing with something a little more serious, too, so. Yeah. Are you still close with... The one, the the rape one, or the date rape one, I should say, or possible date rape, um... That one was very interesting because we rehearsed it, this one scene in the back patio with uh, Heather and Belvedere. And during rehearsals and stuff, I would get super emotional. And then when it came to tape day, it was like my tears had dried up. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, what's happening? <laughs> and it was really tough. And I just remember the director at the time, Don Carvan, is super super awesome guy who's no longer with us he just pulled me aside and just was so comforting and kind and just looked me in the eye and put I just remember him putting both of his hands on my shoulders and just basically talking me through what Heather had been through to just help me get back to that moment because it's kind of like when you do that scene so many times and you cry so much Sometimes you're just like subconscious, like, I don't want to go back there. And I think I was just having a moment like that, and he kind of helped me get back there. And then the scene came out where I just, like, started crying. Like, I can start crying thinking about it right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was just, like, such a big deal. It was such a big deal to get that scene right. So Now, away from Mr. Yeah. Belvedere, um, you and your sister started early in dance? I'm sorry, say that again, you cut out. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, um, before Mr. Belvedere, you and your sister started out early in dance, correct? Yeah, we both were did dancing and singing. I did not have a singing voice, my sister did, but 
you kind of had to like, you had to do it all, the singing, the dancing, and the acting. But yeah, that's how we started out doing all of that stuff. So did that lead to any commercials or anything like that? Is that Was that like your yeah, first my, step into it? Yeah, right, that was my first step into it. My first year I did like 17 national commercials. Wow. It was like cooking things like crazy. And um, I just, I loved going on auditions and... I don't know, it's just kind of like a childlike mentality where you don't care if you make a fool of yourself. You're just going and having just pure fun and being in the moment. Being a kid, right? And, um, <laughs> yeah, just being a kid, exactly. And it was just, I just found something that I was good at and that I enjoyed. So I just remember my mom driving me like for hours to auditions because at the time we lived all the way out in uh, Woodland Hills. Okay. I don't know if anybody knows where that is. I'm talking like as if you guys... We can Google it. map it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, like, to go to an audition from Woodland Hills to where most of the auditions were in Hollywood, and you're sitting in traffic, I mean, that could be anywhere from, like, an hour to two hours one way. And my mom was just so behind my sister and I in picking up on auditions. That was, like, a big deal to her. Well, that that's, that's what's awesome as a parent to... To be there for your kid in that aspect. Um, yeah. Did I read? I think I think I read somewhere. Were you in Pepsi commercials when you were younger? Yeah, I did the Pepsi commercial with um, Michael Jackson. Um, oh, that's awesome! Not the one where he got his hair on fire, but the one with <laughs> Alfonso Ribeiro in the the one that everyone's dancing street. I'm the only yep. white kid in the commercial, so it's not hard. Did you get to interact with him at all with Michael Jackson? Yeah. And what happened? He was super nice. Oh, that's cool. Did he have his chimp with him? Bubbles? <laughs> nope. I always remember him having that thing. When I just, you know, we're, you know, you don't know. You just see it. You know, when you're a kid and you're not yeah. in that life, you kind of just see it. And um, so what, it was, was it multiple commercials or just one of Pepsi? Just the or one. Just the Pepsi one. Pepsi commercial with Michael Jackson. And what's really weird is at the time, my room... Tell me if I'm rambling, because I could talk about No, we're good. <laughs> okay. So I, as a kid, of course, nobody knew what we know now, but as a kid, I mean, I just absolutely loved Michael Jackson, and my room was, you couldn't even see pink on the wall, because it was like all of the teeny bopper magazines. This is while I was on Belvedere. Such a, she, even while I was on Belvedere, I was a huge fan. But before Belvedere, I had pictures of him all over my room, and I remember <laughs> my agent calling and saying I had an audition for a Michael Jackson Pepsi commercial. And I, I vividly remember this moment that I was like, oh, I'm getting that. I am going to make this happen. I am going to go to the audition, and it's mine. And I just remember, like, this mentality of I already have already mine. And That's I remember awesome. going on the audition. And there was just like a sea of kids, like ridiculous amounts of kids. And the only thing they wanted us to do was you had to stand in front of the camera for the audition, say your name, your age, your agent, and then they'd turn on Michael Jackson music and you had to dance. And that's it. That's, and I just thought, that's right in your wheelhouse oh at God. that point. Well, it was my wheelhouse, but I was like, this is all they're going to make us do. I, I have to stand out. Like, I, like anybody can dance to Michael Jackson. Yep. But I have to just nail this. So I remember just, like, I'm sure I look like such an ass, but I was, <laughs> I had to get this. 
And I remember we drove home after the audition. The audition was on a Saturday, and we drove home. And like I said, lived all the way out in Woodland Hills. It took us, being on a Saturday didn't take us as long. By the time we got home, I can't remember. I think it was my dad that, that opened the door when we got home. And he said that I got the commercial. Holy cow, so you knew by the time you got home. I knew by the time I got home, and I, like, lost it. I mean, I was, like, bawling my eyes out because to be able to do something with Michael Jackson was just, like, a really, 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 really big deal. To me, it was huge. That's all. <laughs> That's awesome. So in the beginning of that, when, we, when you first started talking, you said how your walls were papered. So here, every week we do we have different segments, and my segment is the GMAC throwback. And last week, last week, or the ep- we a week about. or two episodes, we said kids today do not paper their walls like us in the 80s did. I said I couldn't tell you what color certain friends' rooms were because they had Teen Magazine or posters or <laughs> whatever. And then, and then it's just funny that that was one of my questions I was going to say. Even though you were in the industry, was your wall papered with all different guys, oh, yeah. you know, like different – you know, fans of whoever, you know, like we figured Scott oh, Bayo yeah. or Kirk Cameron or somebody, you know? Oh yeah. It was totally Kirk Cameron. I was, <laughs> I was into Kirk Cameron and I was into Ricky Schroeder and the same thing. And you got to be on both Ricky shows. Schroeder, <laughs> yeah. I got an audition for Silver Spoons and I was like, Oh yeah, that's nice. I'm going to make this happen. Like, I wish I had that kind of like mentality confidence. Like I do, but, but as a kid, the fact that you're just like, you can actually like make that happen. Like literally. It was just bizarre. And I remember going on the audition for Silver Spoon and the producer I remember the producer asking me, like, what do you think about Ricky Schroeder? And I don't even remember what my answer was, but whatever it was, I got the job. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my god. I just was so Ricky Schroeder on set, I had to like dial it back. Like I was, So I've gotta oh, ask god. then, since you had you loved Ricky Schroeder and Kirk Cameron. Did you feel yes. the same way about Mark, Mark Ruffalo? Because I watched the movie two nights ago <laughs> with a pretty steamy kissing scene with you and Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> I Sorry, you're cutting out again. Oh, oh Winnie. No, uh, two nights ago I watched uh, Mirror, Mirror, the Raven Dance, and there was a pretty steamy scene in there with you and Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yeah. Mark's a super nice guy. In fact, I think... People like that have seen that movie are more impressed by the fact that, oh yeah, Mark Ruffalo, who plays the Hulk, was in that movie. It was such a <laughs> really big deal. I'm like, yeah, no, it's really cool. Yeah. No, it was <laughs> it was super nice guy. That was yeah, trying to do like I said, trying to do our, re- our due diligence with research. It was able. It was on Amazon Prime. I'm like, oh, this is definitely what I'm watching tonight. Um, not, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was all right. Did, now, did you know? Here we are. We we don't know much about the industry. We're East Coast. You know, I don't know. Did did you get to date any teenager, other actors when you were that like that age, like you know, fifteen, um, eight, eighteen, whatever yeah, kid I, stuff? I date. I dated some young actors. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to list who they are, but yeah, I dated young actors. But met, um, I would say. The only one serious relationship that I had, and I don't mind mentioning his name, was Jay Underwood. We worked together for a couple of years, I think, and he played the boy who could fly, and he was in Uncle Buck. Okay, yeah. He did a bunch of stuff, like not quite human and really good actor. And 
super nice guy. In fact, I'm still friends with him today and his family and his parents. And yeah. Uh, did you feel like at times you're growing up in a bubble and like you had hard times relating to kids your age that weren't in the industry? Yeah. I mean, I didn't go to regular school. Um, when I was on Belvedere, well, before Belvedere, I went to regular school. But when after school, my mom would pick me up and I was usually auditioned or going to dance class. So I didn't really do anything after school with my friends. I usually did my homework at the studio or while we were waiting in the car for my audition. You know, just we just made it work. And um, I didn't really have like a normal childhood. And I remember one year on Belvedere, it was going to be my first year of high school. And the producers asked, if I wanted to try to, like, go back to school and they would work the schedule around where I could go to regular school a couple days a week and then also be on set. And I wanted to try it. And my first day at regular high school, I'll never forget this, this was in Wigan Hills at El Camino High School. I was walking down the hall and this girl tapped me on the shoulder and I turn around. She goes, are you the girl on Mr. Belvedere? And I said, yeah. And she said, you're a stuck-up and then a bad word, and wow. it punched me in the face. <laughs> oh, my and God. I fell backwards. I fell backwards into the lockers, and I remember this really nice lady, or she looked like a high school kid, came running over and helped me and took me to the office, and it turns out she was a narc. Do you guys know what a narc yep, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 21 so Jump Street. She, <laughs> she ended up becoming one of my best friends and actually became my guardian because when my mom passed away, I had to have somebody take me to set every day because I couldn't drive yet, and my dad had to work and take care of my sister. So that's how I ended up meeting that lady who became my guardian for a little while while I was on Belvedere. Wow. Crazy story. None, but to answer your question, no, I did not have a normal childhood. I never went back to regular school after that day. I could see why that would yeah, be a life-altering incident right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, do, so. in doing research, I know your your 16th year, being 16, was a tough year. That's the year you, you lost your mom. But I did mm-hmm. see something that was kind of uplifting and funny. Um, they threw a, a birthday party for you on set. Yeah, they did. There was a birthday party for me. Um, you're talking about the one where there was like General Hospital soap star there and stuff like that. Oh no, something about funny balloons. Oh wait, are you guys still there? Yeah, yeah we're here. We're here. We're here. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. something about funny balloons. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they did have a party party for me. But yeah, one day when I um, came down on the set on the day of my birthday. I walked into a scene and they had the whole living room decorated with what I thought were balloons. And I made a comment about like, these balloons look really funny and everybody started laughing. And it turned out that, um, they had blown up condoms. All over the living room <laughs> as balloons. Oh, that like, is... I'm a really easy target. Like I, this is out, this has been my life. Like I'm just an easy target. So yeah, that's what happened. Oh, that is funny. Now yeah. with your dancing background and I know you've, you haven't been in the industry and you're successful in real estate. If you ever got a phone call to do Dancing with the Stars, would you consider it? Oh, my God. I get asked that question. <laughs> really? Just friends and family <laughs> ask me that question. Um, would I consider it? Yeah, I would totally consider it. 
I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think they'll ever ask me, well, but I, I would totally consider it. The Outlaw Blitz may have to start a campaign <laughs> yeah. to get you on this show, so don't say never. Um, so we yeah. have a segment we do on our regular show called Five Crazy Questions. Um, okay. Like I said, a lot of they can go from G to NC seventeen, but we didn't want to we didn't want to put you on the on the spot too much. So I think they're five pretty fun ones. Uh, okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Number one, you are scheduled for a tag team wrestling match against the Gold Sisters. What female child actor do you pick to be your tag team partner? Oh my god! <laughs> I love Tracy and Missy Cole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. Listen, they sided with your with the bully that beat you up on the first day of school. You need somebody. You need backup. Yeah, Who do you I have? I need somebody. <laughs> I totally need somebody. Um. Salil Moonfry. <laughs> Wrong yeah, network. You know what? That would be a really good one. That would be a really good one. So you're going to have Punky Brewster as your tag Pint partner? Size, but tons of energy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, number two, who would win in a dance-off between Michael Jackson and Alfonso Rivero? You've seen both in action. <laughs> oh, God. Michael Jackson. Come yeah, the man. king. I yeah, know. It's got to be the king. That's not even... That's not a question. That's a, right. All right, here, but part two to the question, can you do the Carlton dance? Can I do what? The Carlton dance from Fresh Prince. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you? Uh, very poorly. <laughs> and um, I have no rhythm, so no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're 14 again, and you're going to take a romantic ride on Ricky Stratton's train. Who are you going to ask to accompany you? And it has to be a child actor from your generation. A, ca- a character or or the actual person? No, it's has, it has to be the uh, the actor. Oh, the actor. Doesn't okay. have to be Ricky Schroeder. Doesn't have to be Ricky Stratton. It could be Ricky Schroeder. So I was gonna say, like, if I get to ride on that train, why would I want anybody but Ricky Schroeder? Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Yep, absolutely. That would be my answer. And by the <laughs> way, working on that show was a blast, and the cast was like super close and really, really. That sweet. set had to be Wonderful. amazing. The, the way that the it way it looked really on cool TV, it looked cool. Show. It was cool to be on that show because at the time it was like all the race. I mean, everybody watched that show, and and I remember to who's the boss had just started. So I had met Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano because they all kind of filmed in the same area at Universal Studios. And at the time when we were like not rehearsing and we were outside kind of hanging out and doing whatever, like the trams, the universal trams would drive by like super close and they would see like, I mean, I wasn't anybody, I was just a guest star, but they would see Ricky or Alyssa and like the people in the trams would just go crazy. And it just kind of shows you how much the world has changed because even 10 years ago, I don't think those trams would be able to get that close. Right. To celebrities. Yeah. How many how many shows are still filmed in front of live audiences? Are are there well, any? Probably right now, not none. <laughs> yeah, right now, none. But I think they still do that. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. I know they have the uh, technology now to make it sound like it's being filmed in front of a studio audience, even if it's not. Yeah. Now, number four, this one's a little more serious. Um, if you found out your life was like the Truman Show... 
what would you be most proud about that people saw, and what would you be most embarrassed about? I would say I'd be the most proud about my kids, my kids and my boyfriend. I love them all very much. Um, my kids, my daughter is uh, just graduated with her master's at UC Berkeley. Oh, wow. And nice. And she uh, does structural engineering. And my son is in his last year at, uh, he's about to start his last year, um, at USC in astronautical engineering. And he's going wow. his master's program. Uh, and I just have really good kids. It was it was just me and my two kids for for most of their life. Because their father passed away when my youngest was only two years old, and my daughter was in kindergarten. Oh wow! So yeah, so I would say that, and and it, it and their grandparents helped out a lot, and you know it was a it was a it took a village. It was a group effort. But I'm the most proud about. My kids and I've got a, a great boyfriend in my life, and I'm very grateful for that. Oh, that's that's awesome. And what would you be most embarrassed about <laughs> in my real life? Um, well, you know, it's Truman Show, so I, they see what? something, I and we're all getting exactly embarrassed about. It was, <laughs> I know exactly what it would be. This is the first thing that came to my mind. So I'm in real estate. It's, I live it and breathe it 24-7. I love my job, and um, I love helping people. I love it. And Sometimes I'll come home and I'll watch real estate shows like HGTV and I'll watch like, and I'll see like realtors on there, like talking to their clients or being all real estate and I'm like, God, please, do I sound like that? Do I look like that? Oh my God. And then at times I'll catch myself talking on the phone or taking care of things. And yeah, I do. I do sound just like that. And that's exactly how I am. And I just think if I, if it was a Truman style show, I would be probably like mortified to watch that. <laughs> I do have to say again, doing, doing our research, we have a show that we both loved in common from when we were kids, the frugal gourmet. Okay. Oh, the frugal gourmet! Oh my God, I love the frugal gourmet. Yeah, well, I never even heard of it. You went to you went to culinary school before you got into real estate, right? Yes, I went to culinary school and I worked in the restaurant business until I got pregnant with my daughter and I could not be around food anymore. It made me sick. I stopped. But yes, yeah, that was the, the frugal Yeah, that was like a, Although, a sick day show. I'd turn on PBS at like ten o'clock and watch Jeff Smith, and then he got involved in whatever. And then it just wasn't on yeah, the air the anymore. Yeah, whatever part was very disturbing. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you watch a lot of Food Network show. now? Oh, my God. If my family heard this interview, yes. <laughs> that's like when you turn on the TV, that's always the station that's on. And if you look at my DVR right now, it's all Food Network stuff. Oh, that's Food Network, the cooking channel. Like, if I went to the East Coast, that's, I would love go see where like they film all the shows at Chelsea Market and oh my god I see sometimes like actors hosting shows on the Food Network I mean oh my god I, do I you still know. have an yeah. agent I mean that sounds like something you could have make happen <laughs> yeah it's not that easy but it's okay I love what I do now I love being in real estate and I'm good but if I were to fantasize about something like that yeah I'd that would be it, it. That's cool. Like Beat Bobby Flay, I just love that show. Oh my god, I could list them all. Yeah, Guy Guy Fieri's a West Coast boy, though, right? I think he is. I think he lives in Northern California. Oh yeah, I take that too. 
he did have a re- <laughs> he did have a restaurant in times. Well, I was gonna say when we go on vacation, like one of the first things we look at is okay, where has diners, drive-ins, and dives gone out here? Oh, that's we funny. That's cool. That out first. Yeah. That's awesome. He did have a restaurant in Times Square. It ended up not really doing too well, but I know it's when you that. when you get to those franchised restaurants like that. I'm sure it's got to be tough. It, it's not the personal yeah. touch he would want on his own food. I'm sure. Um, yeah, for sure. Number five, and it's it's kind of a home run question for you. I, I'm going to guess I know your answer already, but there's an '80s TV dad celebrity death match. And containing the following dads, Philip Drummond, Stephen Keaton, Danny Tanner, Jason Seaver, Carl Winslow, and George Owens. Who's the winner? Oh. Hmm. <laughs> That's a tough one. Okay. Who, who, who is the toughest guy? It can't be Drummond. He's too old. No, I would probably say, like, Alan Thicke. Really? I thought you were yeah. going. I thought you were going George Owens all the way. No, I don't think so. I, th- I thought Doctor Seaver would try to analyze it too much. I don't know. <laughs> no, I I don't think so. Bob, his uh, his persona that he gives off is not really who he is. Oh, He's a super sweet guy. He's like a teddy bear. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. What was he it? Was like what my was dad growing up? <clears throat> It was he was he was awesome on set. He he was like having that that second dad around. He was. In fact, one summer I went to go stay with him and Judy, his wife, in Milwaukee just to hang out and we'd talk on the phone. And um, when my kid's father passed away, he was just totally there for me and my kids. So yeah, oh, that's awesome. Super super good guy. Now has I know we're getting close to the time here. Has has your um did, does the cast stay in contact with each other at all? Oh yeah, we all talk to each other. Um, we all well, we got together. Most of us got together for that celebrity autograph thing. Um, uh-huh. We had a Belvedere reunion a few years ago at Eileen Graff's house, the one who played my mom, and that was amazing. It was pretty much. All the writers and the producers that could make it in the cast. And, oh, yeah, we still talk and wish each other a happy birthday. And, oh, that's yeah. awesome. In fact, this, I think, wasn't this year because of COVID, but last year I went and had lunch with a bunch of ladies from the show. Oh, that's yeah, cool. we all stay in touch. I, I no. did see an interview um, that Eileen did talking about a workshop she does for music, but they did ask her... Mm-hmm. If um, there was a, a Mr. Belvedere reboot, would she be in? And she said, absolutely. How about you? Oh, yeah. I would totally do it. I just don't know how they would do it without Mr. Belvedere. I know. That's that's the, that's the hard part. Maybe, maybe he had a son or something. That, you know, like, you'd have to write it in somehow. Have, have you yeah, se- they'd have to figure that out. Yeah. Have you seen these Zoom rereads that people are doing? Like, they did uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and things like that? Yeah. I did. I saw that. That would be so much fun if we could do something like that. We did a, a Zoom reunion. Um, I think it was this year, the beginning of this year, a Zoom reunion, um, maybe like in April or May. And it was uh, Bob was on it and Rob, Bright, Helene, and myself. And that was a lot of fun. Right. I mean, and, and now it's, it's really not that, that bad because you guys can all do it from your own living room. 
per se, you know? So, exactly. and it's all the rage right now. So maybe that's something to look into. Yeah. For, Once you guys make it happen. Hey, we might have to. So with the dancing with yeah. the stars. Yeah. So this, we'll, we'll let you go after this, this week on our regular podcast, we did our top five Saturday morning cartoons. What were your, what were, what were the cartoons you watched when you were a kid growing up? If, I don't know if that's a oh guy only God, thing I or. I do not remember that. I, I don't remember that far back, but I will tell you, I remember cartoons I'd watch with my kids. Oh, well, what ones were they? Because our kids are all pretty much the yeah. same age. Yeah. So Blue's Clues was a big hit. Yep. <laughs> Blue's Clues. And um, we watched Little Bear. Little Bear, yep. Yep. Guys, remember Little Bear? And then there was Franklin. It was about a turtle. Little Bear. Franklin. I, oh God! I, I wish I never watched that one, but yeah, I watched. Did you watch the too. Wiggles by any chance? <laughs> no, I wasn't into the Wiggles. That was like a little bit after my kids were kind of phasing out of that. But I know my nephew was into that. Rugrats. Yeah, Rugrats. I remember Rugrats, <laughs> and um. I just want to thank you when now. As my kids got older, as my kids got older, they started watching cartoons again. Yeah. But they were like naughty cartoons. It wasn't <laughs> even like real cartoons. I just remember walking into a room going, what are you guys watching? It was like um, something on MTV. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> like BoJack Horseman or something. I have the uh, theme to Franklin stuck in my head now, so I just want to say thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we really, really, really appreciate you coming on with us today. It's been an absolute My blast. My pleasure. My pleasure. It was so much fun. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. And it's we're recording this. It's Thursday now, but we're going to be going on with it on Saturday night. So we'll send you a message, let you know it's live if you want to hear it. And, and we definitely got to thank Kent again yes. for setting this all up. Um, this is like a little spot of sunshine for him. In, in his recovery, so. And do you have any social media you want to plug for your real estate? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook and uh, on Instagram. It's at Freckled Realtor, like Freckled, Freckled Realtor. And on Facebook, it's Tracy Foxy. T-O-F, like Frank, T like Tom, E like Edward. Okay. Well, once again, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, Thank you, you too. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, so that so that was our first uh, foray into the West Coast, and uh, talking to uh, somewhat of a star, you know what I mean, like a, a '80s TV star. Um, you know, she kind of undersold herself there a little bit. At, um, you know that the sh- I I get it. I understood what she was saying. Yeah. Like when you're not at the top of the show, like she said, people were going nuts. You heard her. People were going nuts for Alyssa Milano. So you're kind of like in that mid level. You weren't. You know, like, if she was on that show, then things came easier. Yeah. But for us, looking back, like you said, Belvedere was... Yeah, my show. Right. And I, I liken it to something like this. If, you, if you're if you a Harry Potter fan, the movie's called Harry Potter. Right. But your favorite character might be Neville. Right, right, right. So it's... Yeah, I definitely think she did undersell herself. But she undersold herself because she was winner of the Best Young Actress starring in a TV series in 86... Yep. And then nominated 87, 88, and 89. Yeah, no. So, you know what I mean? She definitely 100% undersold herself. But what a cool person. Yeah, that was... Absolutely cool person. Uh, I let you take the reins there for the most part. Because you guys are talking, I didn't even know... Like half of what you're talking about, <laughs> and and that's not and that's not that I, you did a lot of research. You 
you really dug into this one, and I didn't have the time this week. You know how yeah. my week has been. No, again, it was definitely something. When uh, Kent lined it up, I'm like, that's that's wild. The, the the one question, and I just didn't want to hold her up in time, and she wasn't pressing us to get out of the interview. Yeah, I really should, I wanted to ask, and I didn't. It was just the life as a parent. You know, you know it. We did it. At, we did it young. Um, I think she was in her mid twenties, kind of like we were in our young twenties. Yeah. How you transition? From TV star, actor, where everything's about you, to being a young parent. You know what I mean? But obviously, she knocked it out of the park oh. with both her kids are super successful. Yeah. And very difficult. Like, structural enge- it was structural engineering, right? Yeah. High-level high level degrees in top-level colleges. Right. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was an excellent job. Overall, man, I mean, like, you're kind of, at first, you're kind of like, almost starstruck you uh how do i approach this and then you know you kind of settle in and you could you we could have been sitting at next to her having a beer at a, uh, you know yeah absolutely and it was it was that good so if if we should make it a point that if they if this when this covid stuff's over if they come to the east coast and do a signing we go down and and say hi oh absolutely because on the East Coast, we're probably the people that have the actual connection at this point, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, at this point, we might as well give Kent a little bit of plug. Yeah. Stroker face, thank you so much. Uh, it's probably not as fun as uh, you wanted it because we kind of let that hurt, you know. We, 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 didn't, we didn't go crazy like we normally do. Yeah, we give her bullet points and you know, kind of let her lead us on the journey. And I get the feeling that if she had... An hour or two hours, we could have filled easily oh, yeah. that amount of time. Right. It, it would have been, right, we kind of scripted it because we were in, not scripted it, but we kind of yeah, it. Yeah, it's it. in the middle of her work day, so we're right. trying to not jam her up too much. Right, where if this was, where it was different, I think we could have just let it go. Yeah. And and it, it, a lot of more stuff would have been included. Yeah, but again, I think for, for our first one... I think I had a blast. Oh, it was fun. It, it was, was absolutely fun. And fun. and the best part of it was how down to earth and awesome she was. Just really cool. Yeah. No, I, I definitely the first I was I was tight the first couple of couple of minutes. A little starstruck, a little nervous. Well, you you were tied to that paper. It. Yeah, totally because you I You were didn't. tied to your notes and I'm like, that's why that's the difference between you and I. You have like notes. I have bullet points. Yeah. Cuz I wanted to just come natural yeah. and you were like, "Uh, well, Tracy, uh, in 1986 on episode yeah. three, <laughs> but you loosen up, like, yeah. and and that and that's the thing about podcasting, right? Like, it, we've had our other show; they've hit the record button, and the guy went uh, and froze. You just kind of gotta. We didn't know, like day one, you roll the dice and you just let her rip. But you did an excellent job, dude. Thanks, buddy. absolutely excellent job. She was awesome to deal with. Kent, we can't thank you enough. And uh whoa, whoa. Stroke her face. We'll have we'll have to send you a present for that. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, you know, uh why don't you plug her um her uh stuff again? Yep. Uh Tracy Tofty on Facebook. It's T O F T E. You can also find her on Instagram. Speck uh was it freckled. It was uh, I think it was speckled. No, freckle. I know it was freckled. She's got no. The... Hold on, let me look it up. You messed me up. You didn't write it down. I didn't, but I did write down um, somewhere. You wrote down what? Was it after? Got to delete this whole section. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, she is with Keller Williams VIP Properties in California. Um, so if you're out looking for real estate in California, please look her up. She is... Listen, there was as much stuff... Oh, wait a minute. I think I tagged her in one of our... There's as much stuff online about her real estate career as was probably three times the amount of real estate career as her as It's her Freckled career. Realtor. Freckled Realtor. Um, very successful. Has a lot of properties out there. A lot of high-end stuff. So if you're out there and in that market, look her up. Give her a call. Tell her the boys at the Outlaw Blitz interview podcast sent you. Yeah, I mean, that that's all you can do is... She was kind enough to come out here and be be good with us. I mean, yeah. people should give her a follower and uh, you know reach out. And if for for whatever reason you find yourself uh, in the California housing market, go and get go and get use her as the as the realtor. Uh, anything else you got there, buddy? I am uh, happy, relieved, and uh, <laughs> you're looking just stressed, thought, bro. I, I was stressed <laughs> out, man. Stressed, but. Uh, no, totally. It was awesome to have her on. If she ever wanted to come back, we'd gladly have her. And yeah, I mean, you don't know if she listens to this or or her and her boyfriend, her and her kid, like you know, whatever. The, however, it works out. That might, you know, like your wheels get spinning when you hear stuff like, "Oh, I that could be different," or you know, or "Oh, I didn't say that," or you know, we came off of we're saying, "Oh, I wish I asked this question or that question." She yeah. might be coming off going, "Those dudes were cool. I wish." It was funner when it was looser, you know. Yeah. So, I like I definitely would do it again. Yeah. So, Kent, you got any more out there, buddy? Throw them our way. Whoa, absolutely. Whoa, getting a lot of sunshine today. <laughs> so I guess I'll uh, take us out. Yep. All right, for G Mac, this is Winnie. Uh, this has been episode number three of the Outlaw, of the Outlaw Blitz interview podcast. Take it deep. The Outlaw Blitz Podcast is a 24 Cross Media Production.